You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Stardom Road Podcast here on the Count Out Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Scott Edwards, and with me today is my co-host, as always, Trent Brewer. How are you today, Trent? I'm in a good mood, Scott, because uh, today we're talking about, you know, I can't speak for you. I don't want to speak on your behalf, but a wrestler that I think is pretty good. Someone worth talking about, someone we've mentioned in passing a couple of times on this show already, but I think deserves some focus on them. Um, so I'm very excited. Some would say we're talking about the icon. Some would say we're talking about the greatest of all time. I would say we're doing both. We're talking about the icon. We're talking about the greatest of all time. We're talking about Mayu Iwatani's double title reign. Of course, coming off the heels of Tam Nakano becoming the second woman ever to hold the World and Wonder of Stardom championships at the same time. This was Trent's idea. It was a very good idea, very timely idea. I applaud him. Not that we were hunting for ideas or anything, but it was a great idea nonetheless. We're hitting it now. We get to talk about kind of the reign itself, the title win to become a double champion, of course. The aftermath of winning those titles and kind of what could have been, perhaps, had a certain injury to Mayu Yutani not happened. There's a lot to dissect here, kind of maybe in a way giving you an idea of what Tams could look like as well mm. or not look like, but I'm excited to talk about this. This is one of many Mayu episodes to come, so you're welcome. Yeah, look, you know, obviously we've done series about wrestlers in the past. We've done the three-parter on Arisa. We've just finished up with Hana. We did a special episode for Himika. Someone like Mayu, yes, she could do like a three-parter or a seven-parter. The reality is she's just so ingrained into the stardom war from beginning to now and continuing that it's almost impossible to just do a Mayu series. And it's just easier to do this where like, whenever it pops up as being appropriate, oh, let's dedicate an episode to Maya Watani on this particular topic, on this part of her career. Now, when she eventually retires in 2074 um, or something like that, we can dedicate like a, a full series just to her. But I think this is what you can expect from a wrestler like Mayu on the stardom road. I'll allow that amount of time. I was like, well, be careful. And then you said 2074. I think that's acceptable. But, of course, I'm looking forward to talking about the Amazing Mayu Yutani, what her double championship reign was as the first, it only for a very long time, of course, until six years until 2023. And I even in 2023, I didn't believe it was going to happen. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, I think to start off, we obviously start with her being the first choice mm. of the double champion. I think that's very important. Um, and, and this kind of is a good conversation to talk about because the point of our podcast is to inform people, maybe new stardom fans, maybe old stardom fans just want to relive those days. Uh, but it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of the purpose is to help 
newer fans learn because mm. you know listen not everyone has time to go back hopefully we're giving you reasons to go back maybe you're watching back with us that being said we understand things happen so we're gonna we're gonna tell you all about these times all about these moments that's why you go down the backlog of the stardom road and you'll mm. have it you know someday we're gonna have to do the tam road on this show and ha, 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 we might just have to change the title of the show for about three months anyways um, but let's talk about Mayu, why she was the right choice. Um, besides, she's a goat. She's the icon. She's stardom's greatest. You know, mm. the usual. Um, the reason she was the right choice, we can use the actual reason at the time of what was happening in Stardom, or we could use the reason of her importance to the promotion as a whole in her career. And you don't pick anyone to do this they could have mm. obviously had eo do it they could have had Kyrie do it they could have had countless people do it before her, but they didn't yeah. and i think mayu yutani worked herself into a spot you know by pretty much clawing her way to the top of the mountain it wasn't a it wasn't an easy journey no. you know it wasn't for a joke for a present day joke it wasn't like the road to the grand master for Master Wato, of course. It was it, actually it's a little more, I guess that's a little similar, but it took a lot longer, right? Yes, my yes. Mayu start, you know, Mayu debuted on the first ever stardom show, and she didn't become world champion until 2017. Hmm. Right? It was a long road to get there. She had two people ahead of her, obviously, in EO and Kyrie in the same group that she had to shine above. And we know, we know that she did it, but some people just kind of know Mayu Yutani now as the person that's done it all. Mm. This back then when she was about to, when this was about to happen, she'd done a lot, but not all of it. And the, the, the way she did it to me is still much more meaningful than the way say Tam Nakano did. It. Yeah. And look, obviously the situation that led to the double title, going to Mayu Itani is a little bit different than in Tam's situation. Uh, it was much more necessary in a lot of ways. But someone like Mayu Itani, I think her journey to these titles felt just that little bit more personal through this time period because she had, you know, by this time she had established herself as the icon of stardom. She was the, the beating heart of this promotion, even though she wasn't necessarily their best performer. You know, this is right around the time when Io Shirai is, for many people's uh, mind and money, the best women's wrestler in the world. And, you know, on the shortlist for best wrestler, gender regardless. You know, this is what Mai was going up against. And in Kairi Hojo, someone who was more appealing to the crowd, easier to follow in a lot of ways, arguably better in the ring at this point too as well, more established, better personality or gimmick arguably you know this was a like she clawed herself to being like the number three in stardom but to climb to number two and then to number one was going to ask a lot of her especially for someone who maybe wasn't a natural wrestler maybe didn't naturally fit into the role of leader as a top person in the in a promotional mm -hmm. company so it was asking a lot and really testing like how far had she come yeah, you could see how good she'd gone in the ring compared to 2011. You could see how much more character growth we'd seen and how more confident she was as a performer. But 
getting to that final step to be a double champion, to represent stardom with championships, not just in name and like, oh, you're our, you know, the heart and soul of this promotion, but actually mm-hmm. be its best wrestler. Yeah. That's a very big difference and a tough hill to climb. And these, these, you know, over the course of about a year, year and a half, really, is when you see the final footsteps getting to this point really come to fruition. There, there's not really, and I think this is the best part about Mayu's story. You, there's been no one since Mayu that you mm. can compare to her yeah. rise, right? From someone who is obviously almost not supposed to be successful in a lot of ways mm. to getting better and better and overcoming a lot of things. And I think a lot of, and we have to recognize a lot of her rise to the top does come with loyalty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and deserve really so. If you're loyal, you deserve to be repaid in a lot of ways. But you know, th- we always say on the many podcasts that stardom isn't what it is today. If Mayu Itani's not there, it's mm-hmm. not even close to being what it is today. It may not even be around right now. If There's Mayu several Itani stages you can there. point to and say, if Mayu wasn't there. Whether stardom's still around, but well, it's probably less would it be around, but is it in any way, shape, and form what it is? And a big part, one of those times is right around this period that we're talking about. Yeah. Mayu wasn't there. Yeah. It, it's twice at least, mm. as mm. Uh, on top specifically. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about why this all came to be. And that, of course, for those people who probably have figured it out by now, uh, Kyrie Hojo. At the time, I call her Kyrie only now, and I will probably only call her that forever. I almost forgot her name was Hojo. <laughs> I forgot Sane and Hojo were both things for her because Kyrie just is so simple. It's so easy. I understand why she changed it to that. Uh, but Kyrie Hojo and Io Shirai were leaving. Mm, the yeah. two-thirds of Threedom were on their way out, headed to the WWE. Yes, the place that they would both end up eventually. Of course, they were both going to be in the Mae Young Classic, the mm-hmm. same Mae Young Classic that Kyrie Sane went on to win, uh, that, that first Mae Young Classic specifically, because there were two. Um, and the titles needed to get off of them. They were both mm-hmm. the Wonder and World were on both of them. So who better to beat both of them than... And that's a big, dramatic change Mm, for stardom mm. because Rossi Ogawa had put everything into Threedom, but specifically those two. And you want to get more specific, Io Shirai. (laughs) Yeah. The the Threedom obviously was the main focal point of stardom, but Mayu was the third wheel in a lot of ways. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. was the tag champion with Io. Kairi wasn't in that position, but Io had the red belt. Kairi had the white belt. Mayu had the high-speed belt, which, you know, obviously you look at it now and its position on the card has certainly risen, and Mayu was a good high-speed champion, but in comparison to those top two titles, it does kind of feel very much like a a pity championship just to kind of add to the, the value of it all. EO also was the SWA champion during this time. It was very clear who they considered their main level wrestler. And it was very fair because EO Shirai was, at this point in time, pretty much considered the best women's wrestler in the world. Risa Nakajima was probably an argument there, knocking on the door a little bit, but a lot of people had EO there to the point that when you're just talking best wrestlers in the world, male, female, whatever, EO's name would be on that short list as well. Yeah. Yeah, around that time, I vividly remember 
uh, Dave Meltzer saying she was the best women's wrestler in the world. I mm. remember that uh, because I think that what was that 2017? 2017? Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I think that was the first time I had personally heard of EO's name and that mm. you know that starts to bring you down rabbit holes and everyone learns how to go down rabbit holes at the time but uh and she would ultimately become my favorite wrestler when she did get to wwe but at this time uh it is worth talking about and we'll talk about eos you know story a little bit after mm. the fact because it's not really important in this first half uh but of course they were both leaving rossi's got a Go to his guns, and like I said, loyalty brings you a long way. Loyalty yep. really does bring you a long way. Uh, you 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 did really highlight she was the third wheel. Uh, you know, she did have the wonder before, but yeah, yeah. but this was different. Uh, I think by this time, her going on to win the wonder was like okay, that's great, mm-hmm. but it was all about that world title. In the end, you know, and, and when we saw Tam win the world title, it was different mm. because one that was Tam's first time winning the world title, but that happened first. Yeah, Mayu's first time winning the world title also was here, but that happened second, right? In the in mm. the double title scenario. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and when Mayu got that match against EO, there's a lot of story here besides just being threedom. Oh, there yeah. is the fact that EO turned on Mayu long ago forming Queen's Quest. We got stars and Mayu had to overcome EO with yeah. the world title on the line. And, and that, that whole story in a lot of ways was about EO getting Mayu to the level she needed to be. Way back in May Gold 2016 after uh, Mayu had won the Cinderella tournament, she had this match with EO for the Red Belt and it was an absolute cracker. This was the match that kind of I think showed how good Mayu could be in the ring. Mm. And then the story then came about that, yeah, after she lost, and she was desperate to win it, but after she lost, she settled back into being EO's tag partner and her friend. And EO didn't see the fire inside of her that she had seen. And that's in a lot of why reasons why Queen's Quest came to be, why she turned on Mayu, because if Mayu couldn't become the very best while being a friend, then maybe she'd have to do it by being an enemy. So she turned on Mayu. We got the second match in the trilogy in December, which I think you saw a lot of the personality, a lot of the story, a lot of the passion there. And Mayu came so close. You know, she was more aggressive than ever and really pushed EO, but couldn't quite get there. And so if EO's leaving Stardom, never mind Kyrie as well, but EO's leaving, someone needs to step up to that spot. EO wanted Mayu to be there, but she. She's not just going to say, oh, yeah, you you be top dog, Mayu. She's got to earn it. She's got to prove it. And that's what this championship very much was all about. Yeah, I think I think we will go and do a Thunder Rock series someday. For sure. Because I think that alone deserves its own thing, mm. let alone the idea of Threedom. I think Thunder Rock deserves it even more in a lot of ways because their, st- their story is a lot more interesting to me than rather just the three them and like oh it's those three no thunder rock is really where you get the story you get into the cracks and stuff like that but mm. that's a conversation for another day let's get to the title match cork and hall uh galaxy stars yes galaxy stars yes. 2017 um I always forget that they had names back then because, like, when I went through and watched it, you just pretty much look for Corkin, like, on Stardom yeah. World. You don't yeah. really look for the names 
like you do well, now. Or for me back in the day, you, you weren't even being picky about Kirk and Hall. You were just finding whatever you could on the not Stardom World streaming. Yeah, website. I mean, I should I should reference that when I was searching. Yes. That was the only way you could search other than getting every EO and Mayu match of all time, <laughs> which, you know, there's not many lot. of those. Oh, no, not at all. But of course, in the main event, it was EO, World Stardom Champion, Mayu mm-hmm. Wonder Stardom Champion. The difference here is, as opposed to Tam Nakano's, not both, neither, not, it wasn't both titles on the line. It was no, just no. the world in the main event. And it was all about Mayu overcoming. And what I love about this match, and listen, Mayu and Io have the greatest rivalry in stardom history. I don't care. You know, listen, listen. We've had a lot of great rivalries recently. And when Julian Tam and Dunn, because <laughs> they're not done. They're not done. We all know they're not done. But when they are done, they'll be in the conversation. But Io and Mayu's the pinnacle. Of rivalries in Star. What you're chasing? Just, yeah, it's what everyone chases, and you know Shuri and Otami. Obviously, if you're going match quality only, by the end of it, huh, we might have a conversation. But Mayu and Io is just a different feel. Every match tells a different story, like you mm. were te- like you were saying that first one. You know, she lost the fire after. Then you feel that more aggressiveness as time goes on and on. And each match is so different. And that's why they're so great. And yeah. I want to go watch them all back now. So thanks a lot. Uh, I'm make, we gotta, that's when we're going to have to use our list and like specific because not all of them are in Star World, unfortunately, um, which is part of the pain. But this one is. So yes. everyone, yeah. go make sure you watch this if you haven't. It is the, it is the big match um and this is one of my favorites ever i don't even i don't even think it's the best eo mayu match but it's so special because it's mayu's moment and you Mm. can feel as the match builds to that finish it's going to be mayu's moment it was eo shirai almost taking a back seat for the first time ever in a good way for it to be my use moment. And I think that's what's so special about that match for me. It and, and yeah, you get you get some of the same usualness that you get in any Mayu EO match or any EO title match to be exact. Or any match. Oh Hiroshi Tanahashi's doing a dragon screw. <gasps> right. Well I I meant the going around Cork. Uh <laughs> that's the EO match. That being said that's a stardom match of Cork and Hold around this period. That's true. Now we have ramps. Now we go up ramps in the main events. Um, but that being said, let me get back on top. <laughs> back on topic. When the match ended, and I remember watching this. Every time I watch it, it feels like a sigh of relief because it's like it's still EO. And even mm-hmm. though she was leaving, it's like Mayu did it though. Mayu not only won the title, won the World of Stardom Championship for the first time ever. She beat Io Shirai to do it. And that's why it is the storybook ending. Mm. To think Mayu has had another career since then is very funny to think about, but it is the storybook ending. It is the perfect way to end the Threedom's run in stardom, even if Io doesn't ultimately move on now. Yeah. It's still how you end the Threedom run. 
this match in particular, I think what's so important and what sets this match out from the previous two in this trilogy is that this match feels like it could have been very easy. They could have told the typical Mayu being the underdog trying mm. to beat the uber-strong Io Shirai. That's not the story in this situation. It's a story in the first two matches, yep. friend versus friend and friend versus foe. But this match, Mayu Watani's dominant. Yeah. And look, EO gets her stuff in and you know gets plenty of near falls and close situations. But this is a case of Maya Watani being already at that point. She doesn't have to prove it over the course of the match. From the time the bell rings, she feels equal to EO Shirai. And then the trick of it all is just that final little jump, which in many ways is the hardest part of going from equal to better. And the story of this match is very different. It's a bit slower, a bit more methodical. There's a couple of reasons for that, both kayfabe and outside of the, you know, stardom story itself. Um, but, I and look, I agree with you. This is not the best Io Mayu match. Um, it's, it's the highest rated on cage match, but I disagree with that. I think it's the weakest of the trilogy. But the, the final moments... When Mayu hits the the you know the stalling dragon, which he hadn't been able to hit on my uh, on EO in either of the previous matches, she finally hits that, gets the three. And I was watching it before we recorded this show, and I know the result. I've seen Mayu's career onwards. I've seen her win the championship after the fact. I was tearing up because you know how much this moment means to her and means to Stardom, and you can like she sort of has this cry out of like just releasing all of that built-up concern and worry and frustration and would she ever be good enough? And there she is. Not only is she a champion, she's a double champion. She's finally proven herself. And when you look at Mayu's history, how she got into wrestling, how her first sort of years in wrestling was going about, I can't imagine what she was feeling to finally be in this moment and have proven herself on the biggest stage that Stardom had at the time. I don't, and this is not the conversation for now, but I don't, I, I would, I want to watch all three matches back to back to back. Do it. Because that's how I would decide what's my favorite. Because every time I rewatch one, I haven't watched it in a while. I didn't even rewatch this because I've seen it like a million times by now. Um, every time I rewatch one, I like it a bit more like this mm. one. I watch again and I like a bit more because of that aggressiveness of Mayu. My, I know the world renowned match of Takumi versus Mayu is that first one. Mm. My favorite's the second one because Mayu is the aggressor. Mayu brings it to Takumi rather than gets her ass beat for 15 minutes. And I love both of them. Don't get me wrong, but that's, I think that's the underrated side of Mayu that we don't talk about enough. It's a lot of what we saw in the Kyrie match at Historic Crossover mm. that I think made a lot of people love that match, and it's why I'm upset she lost, because usually when we get that mode, it results in her winning, and I think it's better when she ends up winning in that mode because it almost feels like she's overcome something and yeah. is now bringing the best a game and has gained that confidence that's why i think i love this match so much like i said it may not be the best but guess what you're darn tootin still one of the very best matches in stardom history it's got the best result yeah it definitely has the best result um and it's a very special match to me it's one of my favorite matches of all time just for that win alone happens to have a good uh 
26, uh, sorry, 27 minutes and 49 seconds added to it that are really great as well, other than those those final three seconds. But everyone should go and back and watch this match. Go watch the whole series. Treat yourself. Yeah. Go watch the whole trilogy. Uh, maybe watch and, some and make sure Rock. to watch the post match as well. Not just yes. because Mo is celebrating with the title, but it is a literal passing of the torch in this moment because. Yeah, around this time, we kind of knew what was happening with EO and Kyrie in terms of their contract status with uh, Stardom. And like EO literally wraps the belt around Mo's waist. Now, that's not that uncommon, but when you look at the situation here, it really does feel like a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. of that concept, even if she couldn't really get the belt wrapped around Mo. Like it's this awkward moment, she's, you know. Wrapping around, it feels good, and then she's struggling, she's struggling, struggling. They both start laughing, and like it's almost like it, it couldn't have been the most important moment in Mayu's career if it didn't have a little bit of a Mayuism moment. Mm. Like this awkwardness, and they're laughing, and basically it feels like Mayu's too skinny for the belt to actually <laughs> do up around her, but it's still a passing of the torch. A little yeah. messy, which kind of was foreshadowing for Mayu as the red belt champion in this period, but it worked out in the end. It's so funny that, you, you know, you told everyone that I have like every single part of that stuck in my brain. Yeah. And I was like, just picturing like them laughing and stuff like that. That's the beauty of it. Everyone should watch the pre-match, uh, post-match, pre-match and post-match. There's um, not a lot of pre-match, both, both people's no. comments. Cause this is back when stardom did the pre-match promos yes. with, with subtitles. Neither of them waste their time talking. It's their focus. They know what they've got to do. Gotta go out there and deliver a classic. Yes, and that's what they did. They delivered a classic, a stardom classic. No matter how you feel, if this is the best of the trilogy, it's a stardom mm. classic nonetheless. And it's the start of Mayu Tommy as the first double champion in stardom. Uh, and that of course leads us to Io Shirai. I want to talk to you a little bit about Io Shirai. Io mm. Shirai, of course, would not go to WWE at this point as she Psych would be stopped due to uh, injury or mm. which would end up being a heart c- scenario. But it was originally yeah. believed to be the neck, which if you watch this match, you wouldn't be too shocked. No. Look, even when she's doing the pre-match promo, you can see how heavily bandaged her neck is just from the front, never mind the back. And like, she's got her hair covering up. There are several moments in this match where you can tell the momentum is killed because EO is struggling to get through this match. You know, there's several times when she's almost got to kind of reactivate her arm because it's just not really feeling right. And I've seen some people say, oh, they think she's selling, like, because there's a moment where it looks like she might have bumped her head. But it doesn't line up with what she's selling or how she's selling. Yes, ultimately, the report seems to be that the heart issue was what stopped WWE from signing her at the time, and she didn't pass the physical, but her neck is not good. And it is very clear through this match, and it's probably the reason why it doesn't quite hit for me in just pure match level, because you can tell uh, how much she's struggling to get through this, and it's a slower match as a result, and they have to stop a few times because of it. But absolute trooper for getting through it. Maybe you could make an argument she shouldn't have been cleared to wrestle if it was that bad. But, you know, this is professional wrestling in its best and its worst moments, you could argue. That's enough about Yoshirai. Uh Back to Mayu Itani. 
so of course now she's champion both titles how is this going to go and mm. this is really our, the bulk of our conversation now how is a double champion going to go unfortunately mayu's reign with both titles doesn't end correctly but we do get to experience a few defenses with both titles. Mm. Uh, she never defended them together. I think that's no. an important thing to say uh, because, of course, Tam won them with both on the line. And I'm going to keep bringing up Tams because, again, we're trying to set the scene of what maybe you can expect. It's uh, like poetry. It rhymes, if I can quote a certain Star Wars creator. Very nice. <laughs> a certain Star Wars creator. Okay. Um so she defends the Wonder of Stardom title against Hanukkah Viper, and eventually Yoko Bita. Mm-hmm. However, she had defended the World of Stardom Championship against Yoko Bito, Kigetsu, and eventually Tony Storm. These title reigns end very differently, and that's kind mm-hmm. of where most of our conversation now goes. So the defenses, they are what they are. You can go watch them wherever the hell you yeah. want. That that is not that is not the conversation. None of them are particularly stand out, if we're being honest. Like they're they're fine, they do their job, but there's a reason why we're not spending a lot of time talking about them. The most significant moment of the successful defenses is the Hanakamura um Wonder Championship defense, because it ends in disqualification when Kigetsu comes back and that Oedo tie but it gets reformed. It was always there, but Kigetsu was gone for a bit. And this is the beginning of the quote-unquote golden era of Oedo Tai, which would become so integral for the group moving forward. But for right now, that's really the the one moment of importance because if Hannah had lost by pinfall, um, she would have, like, if she would have lost, there was a no contest, but if she'd lost that match, Oedo Tai would have been ended, donezo, gone. Yeah, um, if I, I, I believe I've seen the Kigetsu match. That's probably the best of all the, the all of the uh, matches that Mayu had with the belt around that time. Yeah, not the best Mayu Kigetsu match. No, no, but no, no, during no. this period, it's the yeah. best of the Mayu defenses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think the, the Viper Yoko... one was pretty good, admittedly. Yeah, I think the Yoko, not the one she lost it, but the Yoko one when she was red belt defending the world title. I think that was good too. Mm. Um. I don't remember the Yoko Wonder Belt. Anyways, you get the point. So she drops the Wonder of Stardom Championship on the 23rd of September. Mm-hmm. That is two days. No, one day. Sorry. Sorry. One day before she defended against Tony Storm. She defended the World of Stardom title against Tony Storm. So she drops the Wonder of Stardom Championship to Yoko Bito, which was a very cool moment for Yoko, who would mm. retire pretty soon after, actually. Um, so it was kind of a moment for her. Yoko more than a <laughs> remind you of anyone. Uh, <laughs> Mina's not retiring, but uh, it is a moment rather than you know maybe this long title reign. And we know. And then Yoko Beto went on to form Cosmic Venus, and um, <laughs> the rest is history. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. But then is that next day, and that next day is kind of how the double title reign doesn't get to fully. We don't get to fully experience where this was going. Of course, she mm-hmm. won the world title second. She had the Wonder of Title for a little bit before after being Kyrie Hojo. Uh, she loses the Wonder the day before. And then in that World of Stardom title match, Mayu Itani, of course, gets injured. The match, is, the match ends 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And Tony Storm is your new World of Stardom champion. Not the plan, obviously. Never was the plan. 
but it's the way it went. And yep. it's just so unfortunate because that was Mayu's first reign with the world title. Mm. And I'm still so grateful, even if COVID tried to ruin it, that she got the title reign that she did with that red belt because yeah. it not only went down as one of the best, but one of the most important in startups history. And I think that's that that makes me feel better looking back on this because I hate looking back on this, seeing that two minutes and 20 seconds. But that's where our conversation goes. What would have happened with this double title reign? How would it have completed? Because, yes, she was no longer a double champion, mm. but the double title reign in our eyes isn't over until both titles were lost. Yeah, the, the argument is very simple. She lost the white belt so that she was freed up to have a proper world of stardom title right and you know literally the next day for all that to happen it's just a horrific circumstance and especially because the pressure was on mayu to lead the company and now she couldn't um just before we get too deep into how we think that championship would have actually unfolded i do have a little side story to tell about this particular show that particular match um i know someone who was at that show and it was their first ever stardom event that's how they got introduced to the company was this show and that match. It's I felt so bad for them because, uh, you know, they weren't particularly familiar with it. They went because it's wrestling and they were curious. And, you know, she ended up becoming a Tony Storm fan um, and, you know, Maya as well, but, like, particularly Tony Storm. But it was just such a, ooh, that's the show you get introduced to start on. Like, not even an injury during the show, but to finish the show, like, it's yeah, such a difficult kind of experience. Um, and I, I felt bad for them because that's not how you should experience stardom for the first time. But that's that's a good bunch. Mm. Um, so so Mayu held both titles for ninety four days combined. Yeah, uh, but with the injury, of course, that ends what could have been a very long reign. And we bring that up because, of course, Tony Storm would go on to hold the title for 258 days, so nine months. Uh, And it makes you think, how long was that Mayu reign going to be? Because like you said, she freed up the wonder to, assumingly, hold that world title for a long time and really not only further establish herself among the best in stardom, but really establish that first double title reign with a correct... Uh, storybook ending like the storybook beginning that it had and it's tough because like stardom during this period was in a bit of a rebuilding period there wasn't a lot of people that you look at that roster and go well they were ready for a red belt situation you know my was basically there to steady the ship until the next crop of young talent were in a position to do so now Io Shirai coming back for a you know for about a year definitely helped sort of steady the ship for that period um, and it's hard to imagine what would have happened for stardom without that because like, without EO coming back, you don't get Momo being solidified the way she does at the end of EO's second run with the company here. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know if it goes for another nine months. I, I feel like maybe Kigetsu wins it earlier sure. um, than when she did with Tony Storm. Maybe Tony would have won it at some point, but for a short amount of time. But I think we're looking at probably about a year, maybe eight, nine months, um, mm. getting getting a chance for Maya to prove herself. And, like, you look at the kind of wrestlers she was defending against. They were established people. 
eventually you go through that kind of list. You, you've gone through your Vipers, your Tony Storms, Yoko Bito, Kagetsu's, and then she starts defending against that next crop of talent, your Momo Watanabe, your Jungle Kionas, people like them who are trying to build themselves up to that next point. Um, you could argue maybe that's where she really could have shined and, you know, bringing up that next generation while she is the champion. That's what she ended up doing in a lot of ways with the second rate. Uh, it's a very different stardom if this injury doesn't happen. I'd probably argue it would have been for the better if she was able to keep going, but considering what happened and considering the circumstances stardom found themselves in, it could have been a lot worse. For as much as people deride that Tony Storm reign, myself included, it was a frustrating period to be a fan through. Um, they did pretty well. Yeah. It's worth noting that Tony Storm defended the title a total of four times mm. in her 200, what I say, 58 days? Yeah. Off the top of my head. Uh, Mayu defended the belt three times in 95. Yeah. And then, look, that's the unfortunate situation was Tony Storm did not have her schedule built around being the World of Stardom champion. You know, she wasn't going to be in Japan every month for the next year. She was booked in America. She was booked around the world, and that was the plan. Now, there are ways around that if they really wanted to. Rossi made the decision to keep the belt on Tony. So for everyone complaining about Tony Storm, she didn't book herself to keep the championship for nine months. Okay, let's just pump the brakes, whether you think she should have been or not. She didn't book that. Rossi did. But, it, yeah. yeah, that was it was frustrating because she wasn't there all the time. The belt wasn't defended all the time. And I think in a lot of ways, like people who were fans around this time, myself included, who were still relatively new to start on, it's one of the reasons why the white belt, I think, became so important to a lot of people. Because during this time, when the red belt's not there, the white belt de facto becomes that top championship. It's like when Brock Lesnar was champion in WWE and was never around. That secondary title becomes seen as a top title in a lot of ways. Only the white belt, arguably, is better suited for that role. It's worth noting that she was also Progress Women's Champion at the time. Mm -hmm. And eventually WXW women's champion at the time. So that's and England. also SWA champion. And SWA at the same time. She was a quadruple ah. champion. Fun fact, like the first four champions, the SWA belt, were all quadruple champions at some point of their reign. That is pretty crazy. My my point the point was that so she's defending in Europe, mm -hmm. right? And now in Japan in stardom, where obviously this wasn't the plan. This wasn't this wasn't where we were gonna go, and that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. Then, mm -hmm. and, and like you said, what happens without EO? Don't even want to know. Yeah, really, I don't want to know because she was able to come in, win the wonder from Yoko, and be a year long champion to eventually build up Mama Watanabe for that mm -hmm. title reign, and so on and so forth. And the history is made there, but that's all to go back to Mayu. That was supposed to be her rate. EO essentially got maybe not as long. Maybe Mayu wasn't going to hold it for 400 plus days because by the time EO came back and won, it would have been 400 by the time of mm. end of her reign. But the point is, Mayu was supposed to have that long reign as World of Stardom champion. That belt was supposed to be the belt, unquestioned. Mm. And while it's good that it raised up the wonder in the absence of her and somewhat Tony Storm. It's just a shame to think that's what happened. 
And I, I'm with you. I think Kagetsu would have won it earlier, mm. more likely, because that's where it was going, right? With Kagetsu coming back while yeah. Mayu is champion. That's obviously the direction they were going for. It's just a shame that she still couldn't get the rain to get there. And yeah. that's why I hope, even if you don't love right now, if you're listening to this right now in 2023, and you don't love Tan Nakano as champion, you hope that she can finish out this reign strong because you hope that for any champion. Yeah, and look, the double double championships in any promotion you look at, obviously we have two examples now with stardom. There's a lot of them around the world when it comes to pro wrestling. It's always that awkward pull and grab between the momentous occasion of winning both titles yeah. and however you feel about the, the, the result, Tam winning both titles, the visual of her holding both championships is huge. Just like Mayu holding both championships in Kurokan Hall was a big deal versus how do you then handle the championships? Sure. Mayu losing to Yoko Bito. They told that story well because the story surrounding that was you know, she'd been Yoko Bito in the one the world of Southern Championship match a couple of months prior. She had the match with Tony Storm the next night, even in that pre-match promo before the match with Yoko Bito. You can kind of see she's looking past Bito before, already. She's beaten her already. She knows she can do it. The white belt, yeah, she's going to defend that. She's got to, you know, it's Tony she's kind of worried about. And that arrogance, which was unbecoming of her, unusual for Mayu at this stage, maybe hadn't fully, you know, found the character to be able to handle that kind of newfound arrogance. It costs her. She loses the match, a match she arguably shouldn't have lost. Um, and obviously she didn't go into the white belt expecting to get injured two minutes into the Tony match. But you do wonder if, you know, in story, if she'd been a bit more focused, how that would have changed things. And it'll be interesting to see whether there are those parallels with Tam Nakama, who has every right to be quite arrogant right now. We saw it in her post-victory sort of uh, talk, both addressing Mina and addressing Mariah. It could be cyclical in that nature. So be interesting yeah. to see what happens. It could cost her a lot sooner maybe than it cost Mayu. Yeah, you know, because that when Mayu won the belt, she wasn't as confident as Tam was when she won no. the belt, and I think that's going to be the interesting crossover we're, we're going to yeah. follow. Uh, how how does Tam get knocked down a peg? We didn't get to experience what Mayu knocked down a peg was really going to be as mm -hmm. champion, right at the time. Because, and I think that's part of the interesting story here. Um, now, looking kind of at what Mayu's reign could have been and thinking like possible other challengers at the time. Is there anyone that you like you named Jungle Momo? Of course I named Jungle. <laughs> well I think that's the biggest shame of it though. Like mm. while she didn't get to finish the reign correctly, those title matches would have only helped raise those competitors at that time rather than Tony Storm who, and I don't mean to keep harping on the poor woman, but this is just the, you know, this is what she was dealt. She defended mm. against Bea Priestley, who at the time, that was a way to raise Bea up. Yeah. She defended it once in Rise against Mercedes Martinez, so great. That doesn't whatever. happen with Stardom. Right. Great. What whatever. Then Mayu's back. They they re- Go, they go back to that. Mayu loses to Tony Storm. So ultimately, in the end, you're kind of proven right. Okay, Tony at least got her win, her true win, yeah. to be the true champion. And then soon after that, she loses to Kagetsu, and Kagetsu goes on to have one of the most important stardom 
uh, World of Stardom title reigns ever because then, of course, both Tony Storm and Io Shirai hmm. leave for WWE officially. Yep. So I think that's important. Io can't leave on her own. She always has to take a buddy with her. Trying yeah. to leave the first time took Kyrie. Like the, the reports with Io and Kyrie. And now she's the only one left. The, yeah. It was <laughs> back in uh, December of 2016. It wasn't a sudden yeah. shock necessarily that she was trying to leave the first time. And when she tried to leave the first time and came back, Everyone kind of knew it was just a matter of time that she'd go again. It's pretty funny. Yeah. She's the only one left over there now. Well, Eo Shirai is no longer there. Eo Sky. No, no, I don't know what. The, no, 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 no. We don't say Eo Sky on here. We don't. We don't. We don't do that. Um, I, I think, like, when trying to work out that Mayu reign, it's interesting to compare who she might have faced by looking at Eo's white belt reign. Because, like, obviously, we don't have a lot of Tony Storm matches there to properly judge it with. But EO, once she won the white belt for the second time, she defended against Chardonnay, Kelly Klein, Azuki, Rachel Ellering, Nicole Savoy, Mama Watanabe, B. Priestley, Mary Apache, Martina, Kagetsu. It's and then it keeps sort of going on eventually with Momo winning. But it's fascinating because like I remember during this time the discussion of the white belt being basically EO versus the foreigners. And you look at that title run, and it kind of is. There's not a lot of stardom originals there you've got like azuki you've got momo realistically probably both of those get elevated into red belt matches against Mai because you can kind of transplant it a little bit i don't think we get quite this many foreigners challenging for it but that stardom scene was very much in a rebuilding stage you mm-hmm. know when you're watching stardom in early 2018 um, there's a lot of like talent there which could get to the main event but they definitely weren't there at this stage. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to that time, and even just looking at the defenses, you kind of get an idea, right? Uh, but if you think back to that time, and especially you know by the time Eo's reign was done, her and mm-hmm. Tony were then gone, and it was it was given to Mayu and Kagetsu to lead them through that. But we go back to when Mayu had dropped the belts. It's it's not right it's not clean you know yoko yeah. like i said would soon retire after that she yeah. wasn't she was a champion for like 50 days and then she retired soon after um they were in a tough spot they were in a really tough spot and they had to lean on the vets to get them mm. through it and i think mayu's reign would have reflected that i think the best comparison like you said is looking at the eo reign because it may have looked similar no you probably don't have chardonnay challenging for the world star title but you you could have had like a nicole savoy rachel mm. ellering you know real vets uh be a priestly would have absolutely because she challenged tony yeah um and you know she would eventually become champion that was someone they're high on uh but i think that's the great way to look at it that's probably how you can Look at the perspective of what Mayu's reign would have been. Yeah, and I I, I would imagine maybe there ends up being two Kigetsu matches. Mayu wins yeah, the first, Kigetsu challenges again, gets the red belt a little bit later down the track. Because that was, in a lot of ways, once it was clear Io was gone, Kairi was gone, it felt like they were building Mayu and Kigetsu as kind of the next big rivalry within stardom. Obviously, it gets delayed with the Mayu injury, and then Kigetsu ended up being the champion. But that was the story that carried through a lot of late 2018 into pretty much all of 2019. And looking at it both at the time and in hindsight, that's one of 
the best rivalries in stardom. We talked about Mayu and Io, but in a lot of ways, this was a much more fun rivalry because of the nature of Kagetsu and how Mayu played off of that. Seeing that unfold through late 2017, early mid 2018, riders Oedo Tai was getting into golden era Oedo Tai now firing at their best. It would have been very interesting. You know, a lot of that period then became Kagetsu versus EO, which was obviously very instrumental. And we see in uh, January 2018 how that unfolds with the eventual loss of Tam Nakano in uh, Oedo Tai and the damage that did. Maybe Mayu becomes more of a focus there. It's a different character that Kagetsu's playing off compared to EO. But if they were building towards that story more, that might have taken on a bit of a change, especially because at the time they probably weren't expecting EO Shirai to be available. Exactly, exactly. I think I think you absolutely nailed that in terms of, you know, thinking to the idea and kind of the relationships for Mayu around that time. I think that mm. obviously would have really heightened that title reign and kind of would have helped make it up because I you know, naming Jungle, naming Momo, and then naming those few outsiders, all to get to Kagetsu and Mayu, that was absolutely the road, I think. With You know, maybe, it, I'm sure maybe another Tony match could have happened too in there, because Tony was yeah. around. Mm. Um, she just and whenever she was time. around, she was at the top of the card. Like, mm. it was kind of a running joke. You know, Tony was basically Rossi's favorite in a lot of ways, the way she was treated, and... Yeah, she would have, you know, lost to Mayu in theory and then gone away because that was what her plan was and then have maybe come back, had a rematch. And, yeah. and was the Mayu was only getting better. Tony was only getting better. They, they could have had some really good matches in that situation. And as the SWA champion, there was a purpose there mm. as well. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it. I guess, and I guess now we kind of close this conversation because we can only so say so many what ifs and mm. what could have happened before it's like all right we get it um because i think more of the interesting part is kind of looking to when eo finally leaves yeah right when she's finally gone it's like then look at the scene then how important it could get to mayu or mayu may not have been champion mm. but was still very important helping get that new brand up along with Momo and Kagetsu at that time. They were uh, but- very lucky. Like the Mayu injury wasn't that long. She was gone yeah. for a few months. She was back by the start of 2018. Her return match was on that January 2018 show that I mentioned earlier with Oedotai versus Queen's Quest. So it, it did give them that time to build back before EO eventually left, which is good if it had been a year-long injury. Like, if it had been an ACL, which we unfortunately saw rip through stardom quite a bit for a few years, uh, which would have kept it out for a year as opposed to a few months, it could be a very different story we're having. Um, thankfully, Mayu, like the indestructible Mayu during this period, managed to hurt her arm on a drop kick. But Mayu is as Mayu does. Mayu is as Mayu does. And I guess we're not going to give, like, predictions of where the TAM... Yeah. The kind of rain goes because that's not what the show's about, but I think it's worth talking about what happened for Tam and how she did it. Right? We know that she won the World of Storm Championship at um Grand Queendom and then she mm-hmm. went on to defeat Mina Shirakawa in that rivalry, kind of doing the opposite of what Mayu did in a lot of ways, right? Mayu won the wonder, yep, from Kyrie Hojo, 
That was the first step of climbing up a ladder. Tam's already on this pedestal, mm. mind you. She wins the world from Julia. She beats her longtime rival, which I guess in comparison that could technically be Io. And then she essentially beats the person that's more in Mayu's shoes rather yeah, than... she beats Mayu. She's Io yeah. in this role. Right, and that's kind of what we've seen Tam become is mm. the Mayu um, in many of these roles. And she doesn't realize, and I think that's the beauty of her story. Um, and now we wait. Now we see, yeah. will will the Wonder of Stardom title just be for the moment, right? For the, all right, we now have our second double champion, and then she'll drop it back. Because I think mm. that's where it's going. I think it's all about the world title for her, because that's the yeah. title she didn't hold. Whether that's Mariah or not we, remains to be seen. But I do think that that is ultimately kind of going to be the same story as Mayu in that way, is that it's mm. still about the world title in yeah. the end. Yeah, and look, I think it's fascinating to compare Mayu and Tam in these roles, because yes, it is very different, like, especially in how the championships have come together. But the Tam road does kind of follow Mayu's a bit. You know, she comes into stardom, you know, 2017. She's not much of a wrestler. She's, you know, found yeah. her way, she dabbled in deathmatch, got a pyrotechnics license, does kung fu, all this random stuff. When you watch her in 2017 and early 2018, the character's there, the personality's there, enduring herself to the crowd is there, just like Maya Watani. In ring, there's a long way to come. And, you know, I, I was, this is when I was writing to stardom, this is when I was connected to stardom. So I remember watching Tam and thinking, eh, she's fun. If you'd asked me, would she ever be a world champion? If you asked me, she'd ever become a double champion, second time ever in stardom, I would not have bought it. Just like if I think if I was watching stardom in 2011, could I have seen Mayu Watani being the best wrestler in the world? No, no chance. Mm -hmm. But here we are. And it's a proof and testament to that enduring nature of both of them to keep persevering, to find that next level, to keep pushing. It's nice that for this particular championship, even if the final paths of becoming a double champion are different, yeah, their stories do mirror each other in many ways. And it does make you wonder if in another four, five, six years' time we find ourselves with a third double champion, is it going to be that same pattern? Because I do think making a double champion is such a show of strength on that one person that it means that much more if you've followed their journey through the hardships. It wouldn't be the same for like an Utami Hayashishida who kind of came in strong and only got stronger. You kind of look at, you know, the people who maybe didn't look like they had it all at the beginning and really had to work and earn that position. Oh, and it's nice to see that unfold with two people. Yeah, it, it's in both scenarios, it's been a story, a career long story coming mm. to that moment. And I think that in a lot of ways is the beauty of it. It is yeah. the beauty of the double title reign. No matter how you feel about Tam Nakano being the double champion, it is a story that was not expected, mm. but naturally happened in the end. Yeah. No matter how you feel about the current Tam Nakano beating Mina Shirakawa, who, another natural person, getting to her spot, mm. but ending in a far different way from other naturals, natural winners, it does make you think. Ultimately, had Mayu Yutani, when she won the World of Stardom Championship the second time around, went on to become the Wonder of Stardom Champion as well, 
that's the spot Tam's in currently. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But it is different because of the stories. And, and that'll be the fun part of watching Tam as she moves forward. Mm. Um, of course, I do think they collide eventually because there's no way they don't collide. Well, because Tam's we'll, story still ultimately revolves around my. It sure does. And that's the beauty of it. Mm. Because Tam's still looking for that ultimate goal that ultimate win over Mayu that she still hasn't gotten and I think that's very interesting it's almost been forgotten in a lot of ways because they've been so diverted from each other's paths Mm. but it all comes together in the end but any final thoughts about Mayu's double champion the double champion idea yeah anything like that look the double championship is one of those ideas that if you were writing a Hollywood script it is the perfect concluding moment. It is the final mark of a journey that has proven they've gone from the bottom to the very pinnacle of the top. The difficult thing with wrestling is that you don't end on a Hollywood feel-good moment and then credits roll and maybe you wait two or three years for a sequel that was ill-advised. Mm-hmm. Wrestling, you get back to work. The story continues and it can be difficult to find the next step after a story like that. In many ways, I think Mayu's story had so much more to tell because it was she achieved her goal of beating EO, finally earning that role, but she was going to define her character through those next seven, eight months that she was meant to be the world of starting champion. The loss to Yoko Bito losing the white belt was a great way to tell that story, and I think that would have unfolded more. We would have got a lot more depth in that reign. Tragic how it ended, her you know having to retire, you know, give up the championship two minutes into a match. But when we look at the moment and we look at what it meant for stardom, to mm. see that little you know back of the back of the room student who, many ways a lot of people probably thought shouldn't have been there, she didn't think she should have been there. Like her getting to stardom is a story that we could tell on this show in of itself. The trust Rossi had in her to let her stay there and basically give her board while she was trying to find herself as a hikamori in Tokyo at the time. That's a story to tell. To see that journey come there, it meant so much to stardom that the wrestler that was at its very heart, what stardom could represent, could finally get there after six, seven years of hard work. That in itself is just that perfect moment. Never mind what happened afterwards with the injury. Never mind that EO wasn't 100% in that match. It's just that perfect moment and kind of symbolizes everything that's good about what wrestling can be. Yeah, I think I think the final thought for me here is it was about the moment in the end for Mayu. It wasn't supposed to be just the moment, but it was the moment. It was all about the chase and the moment, yep. I should say. That's pro wrestling at its finest, and I think you really did highlight that perfectly with how it the story continues the story never ends but for her it was that storybook ending on one part of her career and really the double title reign and how it went or how it you know and ended up failing was the perfect start to her redeeming herself in this whole mm-hmm. second part of her career right eventually getting that world of stardom title reign and eventually getting more accolades and achieving everything in stardom that is to be achieved something that no one else has ever done and no one else will ever do just because I just don't think it's possible. Um, And I think that's the beauty of it all. Uh, You, you look at 
Tam, and I think Tams will be more about the rain rather than the moment. Now, mm. some you know, lifelong time Tam fans when she won the world title had that moment, had that, uh, but it didn't feel like a chase. It never felt like no. a chase. It does feel like it's about the rain. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, Tam's reign ends the correct way, mm. uh, one way or the other, whether it's with both or with one. Uh, but for Mayu, it didn't go as expected, but her career has never went as expected. And that's the beauty of Mayu Yutani in many ways. So uh, it's almost fitting. Yeah. Yes. She gets there and everything kind of doesn't work. She wins the red belt again, and then COVID happens. I'm almost frightened as much as I'd love to see three-time champion Mayu. If this is what happens when she wins, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe keep the title off her. Yeah, yeah. She can hold the IWGP. It's a nice, it's a nice little uh token of gratitude. It, looks, it doesn't look the wrath of the gods. No, no, it looks it looks good on her. It's a good uh good belt to just keep and you know not have to worry about anything else. But occasionally uh, remember to bring out. But uh Trent, anything to plug? Uh, just the usual stuff, Ocean Cyclone Show, you know, Ryan, Scott here, and myself every month. ChocoCast, I believe the second episode will be coming out not too long after this episode drops here. Uh, I've got stuff in the works, some big stuff, some small stuff. You'll just have to wait and see because I haven't seen it yet. I've still got to make it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, for me. Oh, and follow I'm... me on Twitter, at one of culture. I always forget to say that. Yeah, it's usually the only thing I remember to say. Uh, for me, follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, when this episode comes out, I'll be on vacation, so I Woo. have n- no idea any content that'll be coming out. So we didn't have to frantically record this to make sure it came out on time, did we? No, not at all. Uh, but hey, I deliver content for you even when I'm on vacation. So like it or don't, I don't care, and subscribe. Uh, yeah, just make sure like, you subscribe. comment, subscribe, share. Maybe, yeah, maybe this wasn't your favorite episode of the series, but I hope other episodes got you here in the first place. And we'll be back next time with. Are you wanting me to say something? Yeah. Am I meant to know what we're saying? I was hoping that uh, you had something ready to go. Uh, we'll be back with something. We'll be talking about Jungle Kiona. Uh, um, that's not true. Uh, we'll probably be talking some five-star Grand Prix type stuff, if I had to guess. That's not put in stone. We don't actually know. But based off the schedule, based off If the you can't calendar, tell, we haven't planned this far. We yet. have no clue. So we'll be back. Maybe maybe talk about the ru- the best runs of the five-star Grand Prix or mm-hmm. something like that. I the road's know. a bit foggy at the moment. You can't see it. it, it it's again. foggy. I'm trying to give you an idea. I'm trying to give you a potential subject due to time and space, but I'll we'll put wait. forth jungle. He's put four five star. We'll see which way it goes. Yeah. Let's just look at all the five stars she wants. No episodes. All right. So long. See you Farewell. next month, then, apparently. <laughs> For Trent, I'm Scott. This was the Star and Road Podcast. See ya. Ring Post Radio is the only show hosted by Ryan 19, Scotty Edwards, that talks about the entire world of professional wrestling. With new episodes coming out every Sunday, there is absolutely no reason to not listen to real, honest wrestling opinions from two crazy maniacs. Have a hot boy summer and listen along to Ring Post Radio every Sunday on the Countout Network. This has been a Countout Podcast.